It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Local government, local community reaction to the vaccine mandates often gets overlooked in the the big media world, but it doesn't on this show. I'm joined now by Keith Pico, the mayor of Orland Park, uh, Illinois, and also he is a GOP candidate. Uh, his city, a suburban area, population of just shy of 60,000, uh, at the behest or at the forced uh, compliance of Cook County, uh, would have to, if they were successful, obey the mandates. And we'll get into the details of the mandate there. But the fact is, local officials, the mayor and others, uh, in a council manager form of government, have stood up to Cook County. So, Mayor, thanks for joining me on the show. And uh, how are you standing up? Where does the status of this and what has been the response from uh, the officials, if any, in Cook County, Illinois? Passport mandate, which required, um, it, which required a vaccine card to get into restaurants or gyms. Um, and targeted people five years and older, and I believe really was targeting children and forcing parents to vaccinate children. Um, we, as a council, voted that we would not enforce this mandate. We feel strongly that anything that we do should be legislated, not an executive order or an administrative action, which we've been dealing with throughout the country. And so we, we legislated, as we have many other mandates, saying we're not going to enforce them. We're going to let the businesses make their own decisions, I think it's been well received. There are some businesses, particularly the corporate chains, that are enforcing the mandates, and uh, I, I think their business is suffering because of it. And the local businesses with small business owners, they're very happy that they don't have to have someone at the door doing this, and they're seeing normal crowds. When you look at the type of decision or maybe the decision-making process in this case in the county and in the state, was any communication done with local communities? I I, I like to do my research. I looked at your community. By the way, beautiful lakes, parks, and reflective of much of America. Was there any communication or any form of, well, you know, assess your community and see what works? Uh, no, there wasn't. It, it, this came down to all of the communities as an edict from the Cook County Board President. They didn't vote as a commission. Again, it was one person making the decision. And we asked for the information that supported it. And uh, the legal opinion was actually drafted six days after the order was given. So they didn't even address legal counsel beforehand. And then the reports given to put a vaccine passport mandate in, there were three that were given. One was the CDC's guidance on masks, which what that has to do with vaccines, I have no idea. The other was a March 20th, March of 2020 through December 2020 restaurant study on mandates in restaurants, which again, vaccines weren't even around. So what does that have to do with the vaccine passport? And my favorite was the study of three gyms from the CDC in Hawaii in June of 2020 and an outbreak they had. Again, what does that have to do with Delta, Omicron, and after the vaccine's been out and 94% of our adult population in Oil Park has had at least one vaccine? 
So no communication, no proper assessment. And what about the reaction from the community to your action standing up to Cook County? I think generally we're, we're widely supported. Of course, we have people that disagree with us and disagree vehemently with us. But we have uh, pushed against mandates from the beginning. And I had an election in April and myself and three trustees were elected and we all supported not having vaccine or mass mandates of any kind and allowing people to make those decisions with their doctors, businesses and customers to make those decisions between each other. And we were we were elected. So I think that speaks volumes to what the people in our town think. Mayor, you mentioned the big companies, right? They enforce across various borders, states, uh, the mandates. We've seen this all around America. But for the other businesses in your town and even, I would say, in surrounding areas, because the border is not necessarily the business border as it is. Uh, how have they done uh, throughout COVID and where they are now? Uh, if you're successful or, as you certainly said, you will fight this mandate and have done so, uh, how does this affect them? How have they held up? And what what is their reaction? I mean, when we say the people, what about the business reaction? What actions have they taken? So, so the businesses in this particular case, I, like I said, some of the corporate businesses are, in fact, enforcing these passports these vaccine passports but going back to the beginning of this pandemic we've allowed our businesses to stay open through many of these mandates and after the first initial couple of weeks you know we pushed for for them to be allowed to be open and we refused to enforce um, the statewide uh, closures and the uh, the countywide closures that happened and i've had business after business rest particularly restaurant after restaurant all of these small owners small business owners that we would have lost our family business that did not allow us to stay open. So thank you very much. So, so, and we just constant thank yous for allowing them to continue to operate their business. And let's not kid ourselves. They didn't thrive through COVID. <laughs> it was a struggle, but they survived, which they wouldn't have done had we not allowed them to stay open. My guest, Mayor Keith Peacock from uh, Orlando. I want to make sure I get that right because there's a lot of information flowing around here. But Orland Park, I tend to add the O there. I'm in Florida. What can I say? It's a, you know, we add the O in Florida. But Orland <laughs> Park, uh, who's also a candidate, by the way, for the sixth district of Illinois, a congressional candidate. So let's look at that transition, translation, and the effect of this. Here you are as a mayor fighting for your town with your council. And now you're looking at a much larger reach, if you will, with the 6th Congressional District. That is a significantly uh, large district. So let's talk about that. And what are the issues within the district, uh, not just within your town? Well, you know, obviously right now we have the, the COVID-related issues. And I think the tar- targeting of kids and, and part of the district is in Chicago, which locked down our schools or lock down their schools because of the teachers unions refusing to work. Um, but uh, I, you know, I think broadly it's much like the rest of America. It's the economy, it's taxes and inflation, it's public safety. That's a huge deal here in our district because we, our town is in Cook County, about half the district is in Cook County, but even the neighboring county, DuPage County, we're getting the overflow from the city of Chicago and from the lack of enforcement of of crimes and the basically the revolving door that they're operating as far as crimes without with 
low or no, no bail, emptying the jails. And so that's bleeding over into the suburbs and into the neighboring counties. And it's, it's very challenging for us to deal with. When you look at the economic issues in, in the district you hope to serve, and you look at the, the small businesses and the voting base, and of course, running against the Democrats, what's your path to victory? Well, we have uh, so we have two Democratic incumbents that are actually going against one another, and they're both very far left. Uh, they support the policies of Nancy, uh, Nancy Pelosi and the extreme left agenda. And so we're going to push against those. And economically, you know, the, this policy of printing money and spending money, spending trillions of dollars, are basically, again, they're attacking our children because our children uh, are going to have to pay all of this back. Right. And all of these things, you, you give people money to stay home so they don't work which creates a labor supply shortage. You shut down businesses, which creates a supply chain issue. All these things are inflationary pressures that the average American and, and the, the average person in Congressional District 6, they have to deal with. Higher gas prices, ha- higher grocery prices. We're all experiencing it, and it's impacting all of our lives. And, of course, that's less discretionary money to go spend at restaurants, to go spend at entertainment facilities, which impacts those businesses. It's a, as we all know, it's a, it's an effect that, that impacts the entire economy. And if we don't start reining that in and we don't start controlling that, then we will not succeed. We will continue to have difficulties as a country. And here locally, you know, just in my town, we've demonstrated this works over the last four and a half years. We took $50 million of debt off our books, which is about 40% of our debt. We lowered our operating expenses about 14%. We decreased our property tax rates 30%. And yet we were still able to double our investment in parks and roads through all of that. Why? Because we're not spending all our money servicing debt. So this can be done, and it can be done reasonably effectively without a huge impact on services if you start looking at how to do things more efficiently and have smaller government and more efficient government. When you look at the current environment politically, and as you mentioned, there are two Democrats uh, competing on the Democrat side for the seat, Sean Caston, incumbent Marie Newman, uh, those two. And I look at the win last time, Caston won by 7.4%. So the Democrats have an edge. Uh, what in the current environment, about that path to victory. I'm a pragmatist. You've got to get through the win, right? You've got to, you've got to win to make right. policy, right? Simple rule. 7.4% last time. What has changed enough to move that? What else needs to be done to move the needle, move the votes to win the election? So the, the new Congressional District 6 is a combination of Congressional District 6 and Congressional District 3. So the new six is only 26% of the old dis- District 6, which cast in one by 7%. The, and it has 40% of District 3, which uh, Marie Newman won uh, as well. And then it has 33% of that is new. And um, if you look at the new numbers, it looks like it's about a plus one or plus two Democratic district on its face. Well, when you think about um, the the wave of conservative voters that are coming. Um, that certainly makes it winnable. But also this district, particularly, I'm very familiar with District 3 living in it currently. That district, the average voter in there, the average Democratic voter, they're a, they're a union household, they're police, they're fire, 
they do not support the policies of Marie Newman or Sean Kasten of the far left. They are much more conservative. They are they are moderate Democrats, if not if not really Republicans. And it's critical that Republicans get that message out that you agree with us 95 percent of the time. Don't just go in and push D because the Democratic machine, that's what you've gone. That's what you spent your whole life doing. Start looking at what our real policies are. And the facts are the Chicago areas of this district are heavy fire, heavy police. And they're going to support our message because Newman, Kasten, they want to uh, defund or reduce funding to the police. They want to empty the jails. We, we don't want that. And a prime example is what's happening today. Mount Greenwood Elementary, which is in Chicago, in this district, 96% of their teachers showed up for work and they opened class in the Chicago public schools where the rest of them are closed. That's what this district represents. And I think that's why they're going to go with Republicans. We well, just have to get that. That is a big fight in education, as you mentioned. When you look at the Chicago Teachers Union, the current battle, I don't know if it's a battle or an argument publicly with Lori Lightfoot, uh, where you know over a billion dollars has gone to Chicago ISD. And that was to make schools safe, so now schools are not open. I, I, I just don't see how voters don't get that message that it's not about education, not about the kids. And, and so much more of this. You know, you talk about who you who's in your district, the people, you know, the, the, the middle class, if you will, uh, and appealing to them. Are there also other areas within the district that have been left aside, pushed aside or not being serviced and given the redrawing of the district? Are there opportunities there? So so I think all of the suburbs have been ignored through all of this because, you know, as we've seen with, you know, the, the ARP funding and other funding, it goes heavily to the cities. It goes heavily to um, areas like Evanston and Oak Park and where there's, you know, 90 percent of the vote, you know, went for Joe Biden. It doesn't go to the middle class, hardworking, blue collar districts, you know, with the, with union households, with fire, with police. It doesn't go to those districts. They don't support those districts. If, if you look in in District six, there's about 42 communities all together. And I think three or four of those communities got their money directly from the federal government, like the city of Chicago. And the city of Chicago got about $500 or excuse me, $700 per person. Orland Park got 86, Wheaton, 87, Tinley Park, 93, far less than the $130 of funding that the $136 they gave everywhere else in in the state of Illinois. So they are specifically targeting suburban districts like this and taking our money away and giving it to the city of Chicago and wasting it. We need to start making sure that we that that our money doesn't go to the cities, that our money stays in our district. And if we're going to give the federal government money, which we should be giving them less, but if we're going to give it, we should get our fair share in return to continue to bolster our communities. Mayor Keith Peacock, Mayor of Orland, again, I'm going to stop there at the D, Orland Park, and Illinois GOP congressional candidate in the new District 6. Mayor, good luck to you. Thank you and your council uh, and your town for standing up against these mandates without any reason, contact, or consideration. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. 
can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125. Yeah.